today on It's Time. The children of Israel, they are bewildered in the land and the wilderness has closed them in. Oh man, God is setting Pharaoh up now for a real doozer. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Good morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Exodus, chapter 13, Exodus 13. And uh, tonight, of course, is the baptism. We want to invite you, if you've not been baptized, to come and be baptized. If you have been baptized, I'd just like to invite you to come and, and be a blessing to those who are being baptized. It's going to be a good time. So that's this evening, and it's not too late to sign up. So we just want to encourage you to do so. We've been going through the entirety of the Bible. This is the way the Bible says we are to learn God's Word. Line upon line, precept upon precept out of the book of Isaiah, not my favorite topics or the topics that are popular of the day, but actually we live by every word Jesus said that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Bible will correct bad doctrine if people will read the Bible. It's amazing how that works. When you look at the entirety, because you can have an idea, but then you'll start reading and the Bible will correct that off thought that a person may have and it forces you to change your theology. Now, this is one of the great problems today because the word of God is not taught. That's why you need to read the Bible on your own. Like the Bereans in the New Testament, they sought the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. We need to know what God's Word says. Now, why is that? Why do I even need to know the Bible at all? You may be new here. Maybe it's the first time you've ever been to church or first time you're listening. Why do I even know the need to know the Bible at all? I think that's a fair question. Here's the answer. You live by what you believe. They are directly correlated together. Now, how you live... What you do will be directed by what you believe. As an example, I've shared this before, but it's a concern to me of the most dark proportion on earth. We're all very much aware of the virus that is spreading around the world right now. This new strain, the Delta, is more vicious than it seems that the earlier version of last year. And I believe that this disease is not done yet, friends. It's a morphing disease because it was a man-made disease. But when you stop to think about it for one second... In America, we try to come up with vaccines to cure polio and, and smallpox and all those things. And you get your inoculate, all those things that we do here to try to help men. 
What you believe is how you live your life. In the communist world, they have no God. In fact, in order to become a member of the party in Russia, you had to deny God. The way they would train their children is this. They would have children line up. Okay, all you kids pray for God to give you candy. Will God give us candy? Is there any candy? Did you get any? No. Now, look at us and say, government, give us candy. And they said, give us candy. And they went down and put candy in all their hands. There is no God. Government is everything. Because they don't know God. The good news today is God's word is true. And what you believe about God's word will preserve you in the days to come. If you do not know God's word, you will find yourself falling to their lies. The children of Israel were in slavery for 430 years. Actually, they were in Egypt for 430 years. And better than the last half, they ended up as slaves. Because the Bible says, Pharaohs grew up that did not remember the great things that Joseph did in interpreting that Pharaoh's dream and giving them food as they stored up their grain and all those things. And they became enslaved. God sent Moses a deliverer saying, let my people go. Exodus 5.2, Pharaoh responds and says, who is this God that I would know him and let his people go? Boy, that's a stupid question to ask. God says, you want to know who I am? i show you who I am. And we have the ten plagues, the tenth of that being the firstborn of all of Egypt died because they did not have the blood on the door. I pray today you've got the blood of Jesus on the door of your heart. Because that's what causes the death angels to stay away. Friends, there is something that is haunting man. I don't know if you've noticed this. It's called death. Oh, and America, we clean it up. We make it nice. We make it sweet. You won't rot in your plot when you see what we got. Don't be in the ground with no one else around. You see these these commercials for mortuaries on TV like they're selling popcorn. We'll be the last one to let you down. Really? And you start seeing how we've massaged death into something that is, that is, you know, well, as the song goes, I I don't believe in heaven and I pray there ain't no hell. Well, that's kind of what we've become. But the truth of the matter is, you can't run, you can't hide from the hound of heaven. That is. Holy Spirit that reminds you that someday the game will be over and we're all going to stand before God and we're going to give an account of our life. I want every one of you listening today to stand before God where he looks at you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Because you see, one life will soon be passed. You know, I don't know how many people have noticed this. As you get older, time goes faster. I don't know why that is. I don't know how it works. But I remember when I was five years old and mom told me to stand in the corner and I went and stood in the corner for five minutes. It seemed like 10,000 years. Amen? Now, a month goes by like that. 
where they tell you you're over you're overdue on your trash bill. I just paid that yesterday. Oh, it was a month ago. They say when you get older and you reflect on time, double it. In other words, oh, I was there two years ago. No, you were there four years ago. Why? Because the relevancy of time, the longer you live, five minutes doesn't mean anything anymore. Paul says our life is but a vapor. We're here for a short time and then we're gone. And oh, saints, the Bible says work for the night is coming when no one can work. I want you to be equipped the very best you can to understand how critical the days that we live in are. We are groping. There's a world that does not know God. They are racing towards a destination of destruction. And you, you are God's hands. You're his feet. Oh, and how many times in my life I have been sidetracked. I have, I have allowed myself to be, to be entertained and brought off to the side in, in the uh, book Pilgrim's Progress. And you see Pilgrim's progression towards literally eternity. You see how oftentimes in the story he would be brought off his main goal by things that twinkle and sparkle. Listen, everything that glitters is not gold. And there's a lot of things in our lives that we think, well, I've gone through and and that God won't use me because of this or that or the other thing. Listen, God is bigger than the things you've done wrong. And if he isn't, he ain't much of a God, is he? I get so tired of hearing Christians judge other Christians by their life or what they've done, and they do nothing other than criticize people who love God that are trying to do something. Friends, please don't ever be one of them. Jesus said, if they're not against us, they're for us. But they've never read the Bible. You see, they have their own concept. Their righteousness is in themselves. And they want to put you down for whatever it might be, whatever your past might have been. Listen, the children of Israel did not have a good track record, not even in Egypt. And we remember that when God sent Moses to them the first time, when he killed the Egyptian guard, looked here and looked there and buried him in the sand, he thought that the the children of Israel would be grateful that he conked one of the Egyptians that was beating them up. And instead, they, they turned him into Pharaoh. And you look at this and you realize 40 more years of slavery. When God sent Moses the first time, they rejected him. They stayed in slavery 40 extra years. You see, God has a promise for you, in you, because he loves you. Now, as we look at this story today, chapter 13 of Exodus, the very first verse starts off and it says, The Lord said to Moses, saying, Set apart to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and animal, it is mine. God gets the first. God gets the best. God went after the firstborn of Egypt because he told Pharaoh, Israel is my firstborn. Let him go and worship me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, "Uh uh-uh, can't go for that. God says, okay, I'm going to take your firstborn. And that's what happened in the 10th plague. Pharaoh was heartbroken. He said, leave, get out of my country. He left. But as we're going to read here today, he had a change of heart. Why is that? Because we forget how bad Pharaoh really is. Pharaoh's a hard taskmaster, everyone. He really is. 
You know, you live in a world that doesn't know God. You find that these people sometimes will profess something, but it's not there. God, again, the devil will offer you all kinds of things. But in the long run, he'll cheat you every time. That's one of the things the Bible says. The firstborn belongs to God. Now, again, it's interesting that um, we talked about that last week. How many of you are firstborn? You see, you belong to God right out of the womb. Isn't that something? So live up to your calling. I just want to encourage you to do that because God loves you. He's got a purpose for you. You want to do that. The next few verses here, we're not going to take time to read them because I want to get into chapter 14 because of tonight as well. But it deals with keeping the Passover. Part of keeping the Passover is they were to eat no no leavened bread. They had to eat unleavened bread for seven days. Louis Pasteur looked at bread under a microscope and saw what he called wee little beasties. What it was is bacteria. Isn't it amazing? The Bible said eat unleavened bread. Why? Because there is no bacteria in Jesus Christ, the bread of life. It is funny that long before microscopes and Louis came along, the Bible said there was something weird about leaven. Leaven is bacteria. And in Christ, there is no bacteria at all. And so they were to eat it for seven days. And along with that, and the Paschal lamb that they would roast, and all these things were reminiscent of when they were in Egypt. One of the things they were to eat was the bitter herbs. And people go, why would you have this great memorial dinner and eat bitter herbs? I mean, you bit it, you bite it, probably like eating Brussels sprouts or something. I don't know, but whatever it was. I don't know how many people ever eat those things. They look like little mini cabbages. You think, oh, that looks good. You can't put enough butter on them to eat them. They are just like bitter, nasty things. Well, bitter herbs, why? It was to remind the children of Israel how bitter their life was when they were in Egypt. And how easy it is to forget what it's like to be in slavery to Satan. And so this is what where he talks about. And so he says, even bind it in little boxes on your on your head. So you'll remember not to forget what it was like to be in slavery to Satan. Let's go to verse 17. It came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. God says, I'm not going to lead you by the logical way. In other words, they were in the land of Goshen, that is in the upper eastern part of Egypt. And the idea would have been to just cross over the Red Sea, and then you would be on your way to the promised land. A very short trip out by where the Gaza Strip is today, out that direction. But that land was controlled by the Philistines. But God did not do that. Now, now, as I shared with you last week, when God does something, he usually does several things at once. We'll pray. We have something we want God to do. But God says, well, I'm glad you're praying, but I'm going to do many other things in that window of what you need God to do. Notice he says, 
It says uh, that they did not go the logical way. They went in an illogical direction. So God led the people around the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under a solemn uh, oath, saying, God will surely visit you. You shall carry up my bones from here with you. And so they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And so instead of going north and into the promised land, Moses led them south in a very weird pattern. Now, now I got to tell you something. God sometimes does things that we don't understand. And this is where faith comes in. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God uses weird things to accomplish his work. He used me. That's pretty weird. I know God will use us to do what he wants to do. He led them the opposite logical direction, going back to the promised land by going the opposite way. Think about that for a minute. So, it says, And they took their journey, and they went to the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night the pillar of fire to give them light as to go by day and night. And he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. This is how God directed them. There was a cloud of smoke. By the way, uh, I don't know how many people have been on a good, hot Idaho day, and you see those puffy, billowy clouds, and all of a sudden one comes over and blocks out the sun for a few seconds, and you go, oh, it's so nice and cool here. That's exactly how God led them. This pillar of smoke shielded them from the heat of the day, and this is how they were led. And at night... They stayed close because the pillar of fire kept them warm in the wilderness. Now, remember, friends, this is a demonstration of God's presence in their life day and night. Hey, mom, dad, what's that big, big fireball right there? Oh, that's just God keeping us warm at night. Oh, okay, that's cool. Now you say, well, why is that important? Because when we get into chapter 14, you're going to see some amazing things here. here. Let's look. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they may turn and camp before Paharath between Migdal in the sea opposite Baal Zephon and you shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered in the land and the wilderness has closed them in. Oh man, God is setting Pharaoh up now for a real doozer. Pharaoh interpreted Moses' change of direction as they were confused in the wilderness. Oh, look, they're wandering in the wilderness. They don't even know which way it is to go home. They're going completely the opposite direction. They should be going northeast, and instead, they're going southeast. Boy, They're easy pickings. 
They're bewildered in the land, and the wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Again, go back to Exodus 5.2. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? (laughs) God says, okay, you want to know? I'll show you. So, it says, And it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? Why have we done this? Is there something wrong here in the picture? You just went through ten violent plagues. And they look at Pharaoh and they say, why have we done this? We let all of our slaves go. Isn't it amazing how fast people forget? I am I am bewildered on how fast in my life I forget. I look at all the the, the times that, that I've been up against the wall. I pray God delivers me. Until the next time my back's up against the wall again and I go, where are you, God? Like he'd never delivered me ever before. Now I know this to be the fact because I know my prayers and I know, God, where are you? God says, I'm here all along. Didn't you notice everything I did for you? You see, we build glory to glory. When What God has brought you through, he's going to use that to bring you through the next thing that goes through. Why is that? He's making you a mighty person for him. He's building into you faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God builds into you faith. How does he do it? Well, you just go down to the mall and you go to the faith door and say, I I like, man, I'd like like 25 pounds of faith, please. Okay, here it is. No, it's by the things that you go through and seeing the faithfulness of God, God in turn then builds and where you get to the point saying, hey, God can do anything. Hey, I'll do that. Look what he says here. Why have we done this thing in letting the people go? Wow. Man, I'll tell you, the lights were on, but no one was home. When you just went through the most devastating, probably couple of months in the history of Egypt, and then as their firstborn is dead, as their animals are dead, they look at Pharaoh and said, well, why did we let him go? Don't you remember a few chapters back? They said to Pharaoh, let the people go or we'll all be dead. I am amazed how fickle, how quickly people attitudes change on things. So he says, so he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. He took 600 choice chariots. All the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. In other words, he brought out the best of his military might. And he didn't just have a bunch of chariot drivers. He had the captains running these chariots. And so it says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, 
And he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. That's all they had, friends. They didn't have any, they didn't even probably have a pocket knife. They didn't have any weapons of war. The only thing they had was that belligerence against being slaves, and they went out with that, and it's interesting, God used that. Now, Israel was noted for being belligerent, oftentimes against God. This particular time, they were belligerent against what they should have been rejecting all along. And by the way, we don't ever want to rebel against God, but we want to rebel to what's wrong. So, it says, the Egyptian pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, his army overtook them by the camping by the sea besides Piharan before Baal Ziphon. And Pharaoh drew near and the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. By the way, that's a good place to cry out to. When you're in trouble, you know who to call. I think that was good. But here's the problem. Verse 10, they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Now remember, you've got the pillar of fire, you've got the cloud of smoke, and they're still doing this. And they're going to continue to do this for 40 years. Now, again, look at this. They have the pillar of fire. They have a cloud of smoke. They're complaining to Moses. They've already forgot what it was like to be a slave in Egypt. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.